1: Hey everyone, it's Kelsey
0: and Jeff and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too.
1: Well, we
2: have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free.
0: Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer.
2: Anchor will distribute
1: your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more.
0: Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership.
2: It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to
0: anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menudos. Hello everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. And surely that's exactly what we're going to try to do here today. It is Monday, June 1st, 2020. We are uh, halfway almost through this really not fun year. Uh, Today, we have a very full show for you. We decided to go live every day during the pandemic crisis, and now a new crisis uh, has arrived, and we are going to continue on, and we are going to try to to learn and grow and get better, and try to um, be helpful in this very sad situation. So today, I have invited a few of my friends to join me and, uh, and help me make sense of everything, and And figure it all out. We have attorney and TV commentator Ebony K. Williams. She's going to be co-hosting with me today. We also uh, tracked down the owners of the Bangladeshi restaurant that um, was burned down in Minneapolis. And they had a very beautiful take uh, and a beautiful reaction to that. Um, We're going to be chatting with Ruhel, Ruhel Islam's daughter, Hafsa. Uh, We're also going to be talking with uh, another friend, WWE champion, Titus O'Neil. We'll first start with our quote of the day. In fact, I pulled another one, so we've got a couple. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. That's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I also happen to be checking out a little uh story on the internet just before we started and president obama came out and said let's not excuse violence or rationalize it or participate in it if we want our criminal justice system and american society at large to operate on a higher ethical code then we have to model that code ourselves he went on to say a few other really great things as well but we'll leave it right there thank you guys for joining us as always Oh, man, it has been a heavy, heavy time. Ebony, thank you so much for for joining me today. And, uh, you know, before we started, I greeted you with a great smile because Stephen turned the beat around in here and and made me laugh. Um, But I have spent days crying and crying. (laughs) So
1: yeah, I can only
0: imagine how you're feeling.
1: Well, you know, Maria, this is um, this is really indescribable, right? Uh, this has been my life's work. Um, uh, you've known me for years. I've 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 looked up to you and Kevin and and everything you guys have built for years. But you know my story, and you know that I left practicing law, doing exactly this type of work, right? Bringing justice uh, to communities of people that look just like me. Uh, and I left that work in the courtroom to do this work as a broadcaster, right? Because We as broadcasters know the power that we have of platform.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So to spend my career, and I've been doing it in a broadcast capacity for eight years now, and did it as a criminal defense lawyer for about seven before that. This moment, Maria is, you talk about a woman meeting a moment. So for me, this feels heavy. I feel resentful. I feel angry. I feel heartbroken. Uh, But mostly I still feel enormously committed to this work. And that is why I am joining you today. And I've got a full slate all day, as you might imagine, Mm -hmm. because um, sadly, um, it has taken the death of of now George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and many, many others um, to bring about what I'm calling a reckoning of of, of race consciousness in, in our country. And one that we've needed for a very, very, very long time. Maria, we've had sprinkles of opportunities here and there. I think we, we, we've lived enough to have seen a few of them, right? We saw it with the Rodney King beatings and the riots that took place in 92. We saw it uh, with uh, the verdict with OJ in 95. We saw it a bit in Katrina, right? The wake of Hurricane yep. Katrina, the fortunate way in which black life seemed to be disregarded by the American government yep. uh, in 2005. And I, I, I saw it firsthand, Maria. You know, I was a law student down there in New Orleans, um, so so I was I was in those floodwaters and great I can tell
0: point. You, I didn't even think of that.
1: Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, Maria, this is this is not new for us as a country. It might feel new to some of our younger viewers and, 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 and younger friends among us. But for those of us of a particular age, you know, we've we've been feeling this. But now it seems in which we've come about this 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 where. What has been will not sustain.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
1: that's what we know. When you're looking around and you're seeing the country burn to the ground, it is a it is an objective, optical point of clarity. And I don't say it to glorify it, Maria. I just say it because it's the truth. You can't look away from it because it's right there in our faces. This, as we've been doing it, um, this, this dismal coexistence of black and white, that by social construct, Maria, race is a social construct and racism is a social construct, right? And whether we say it or we don't say it, what I can tell you has been my experience, Maria, as a black woman in this country for almost 37 years now, you know, and I did everything right, right, Maria? I went to school. I went to more school. I practiced law. I volunteer in my community. I'm a part of the most elite sorority, Alpha Cap Alpha sorority, belonging to Kamala Harris and Coretta Scott King and Rosa Parks, right? I have demonstrated the life that I was promised would make me immune to second-class citizenship in this country. And You know, Maria, that's been a lie. That's been a lie, right? And so now that we recognize there is no way to circumvent this devastating dynamic of Black subordination, this expectation. Um, And and I think we really, really saw this, Maria, last week. Um, You know, I'm living in New York now um, with the woman in Central Park, Amy Cooper. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen it and, and, and talked about it here on the show
0: It's time to make your life a little easier and to help you out. I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there, this little bomber jacket, this little black
1: dress. You're going to love it. You know, black subordination. And once again, you know, Christian Cooper, the man that was at the center of that with that woman, Harvard educated, um, you know, foot soldier of humanity and the and when it, the shit hit the family and the expectation was black man stay in your place yeah. you don't have the social positioning to critique anything i do and how i show up in this space and 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 if you get out of line with that i will violently enforce your positioning by calling new york police department because i know how they will show up and deal with you because of the track record of police brutality against black men in this country. I mean, if we don't have a clearer picture than that, I don't know what to tell you. So um, how am I doing? I'm I'm, I'm motivated to do this work, Maria. I applaud you and those like you that are using their platforms in this moment. Um, but, But frankly, this is white people work. I wanna be clear about that. This is white people work, this system, these dynamics I'm kind of breaking down in minutia. These are systems that have been in place in this country since its origin right and and despite our best efforts uh black folk cannot unpin them you know we've we've done sit-ins we've done protests Colin Kaepernick has knelt um it just doesn't really work um so I think I'm not going to sit up here and spend time debating the merits of of the protests versus the looting versus the rioting because as I've said um already this this week and weekend, I think that's a distracting point for me personally, Maria, and I, I respect those that do need to spend some time with it. I'm just focused on the work, and I remain committed and focused on the work. And I do think it's possible, but it was, it's going to take white America giving something up. I'm gonna be honest about that. They're going to have to give up a way of life uh, that that quietly demands Black subordination. And whether or not white America is prepared for that, um, is not something I can answer, but i but I'm really happy to engage in that dialogue with you today
0: how How does that look? and how does that happen? Because I sit back and I'm watching everything happening. and I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken for what happened to George Floyd. I'm heartbroken for what happened to Trayvon Martin. What happened to everybody before George Floyd? There were a million Georges, right? I'm heartbroken over what happened at Hurricane Katrina. I'm heartbroken over, you know, everything. You know, you're seeing black owned businesses looted and, and people who were, you know, whose businesses were on life support that are now completely decimated. Um, you're seeing, you know, I I mean, we're seeing so much and I just, I feel like a Mack truck is sitting on my chest. And I don't know what to do. And I'm a problem solver, right? So I'm like, how do I fix this? This is how I felt when coronavirus started, right? Coronavirus started and I was like, okay, we need to be on the show. We need to be doing this daily. I took the show to daily. We need to be with everybody and we need to be talking and helping each other through. And we're going to do the same thing through this. But I, and I I was at a loss for that, for it then, for that. I'm at a loss now other than to speak up for my friends and tell them I'm with them. I hear them. I love them. I support them. You included obviously being one of my friends in Titus. I I just don't know how this gets fixed.
1: That's authentic Maria, you know, so a couple things I want to say to that and you know, I'm not the gospel here. I'm just one black woman trying to do some work here. Um, that's important, that's the first thing. If you are a white person right now in this country and you don't know what to say, you don't have, first of all, I wanna say this, Maria, there's no magic words. There are no magic words in a moment like this. So take that pressure off of yourselves uh, as white, good white folk. You don't have to get this right rhetorically. I wanna be clear about that. There is no script here, doesn't exist. The best thing you can do is show up with an open heart and an open mind and a, and a sincere willingness to do this work. So you have to accept the premise that this is white work to do, which is hard. I wanna be clear about that, Maria, because I don't think human nature dictates a comfort level when we have to take on onus, right? Now it's, we, we've got to carry something. Um, and I think for once in in, in in our country's history, black America is telling white people, go go do your shit. Go do your work. You know, we, we have carried the onus of fixing race relations in this country um, since its exception. And frankly, we've taken that as far as it can go. Black people have kind of done what we can do. So the other part of the solution, Maria, the other part of the equation that's got to show, it's kind of like in a relationship, right? You're in a marriage and and, and you're one half of that relationship, right? And you do your work. And, and you you read the books and you you work on your, the way you show up in the relationship and you work on your communication and you do all these things, but guess what? You by yourself can own, you can't save the marriage by yourself, right? yeah Your partner has to show up with that same willing spirit and do their work. Well, that's exactly what's going on with white and black America today. And, and I'm using those terms because of course we know, um, there's a, a beautiful coalition of people of color that are within that. But ultimately, we, we've got to be honest about where this issue really sits and where it really falls. And this goes back to the genesis of, of the coexistence of white and Black people in this country. So that's the first thing um, you can do as a white person is, is is reach out to say, I don't know what to say, if that's your truth, right? And I'm, I've been getting those messages and those phone calls um, all weekend, and, and it's given me the fuel to keep going. So do that. The other thing, and you know, we share this, we we, we share quite a few things in Common Maria, but we're both very solution focused women, right? Like you said, like we see a problem and after our heart starts breaking, we're ready to do something Mm -hmm. about it. I don't have the magic answers either, but this is is one thing I've come up with. I'm creating um, a, a mini criteria of what I'm calling white people homework, okay? And in this is going to be, it's going to be real simple. It can all be done from the comfort of your home because many people across the country are still in quarantine like myself. Uh, And it's just going to be two tiers. It's going to be tier one, basic education. Watch these Netflix docs, watch these Amazon Prime docs, read these um, articles that are no more than twelve hundred words to just familiarize yourself with some of these basic concepts that i'm I'm talking about here today, these these racial constructions, these expectations of moral code in which we show up in society. Then it'll be like level two, like advanced coursework, right? like you done you done step one. do step two. and and I think just sitting and educating yourself, Maria, and sitting in the pain. You know, I think that's really hard for people to do too. People, people, human nature dictates we struggle sitting in one another's pain. Sit in the pain with your Black uh, brothers and sisters today. And I'm not gonna say that white folk aren't sitting in some pain of their own. You know, I could imagine. Uh, that you that you are and that the white community is, is having its own kind of reckoning with its own self and having internal conversations with one another about how we got here and how were we prepared to move forward? And that can be scary, right? Like you said, like, what does that look like? All I can tell you is that in certain pockets of the black community, Maria, this has gotten so unconscionable, so intolerable, that there's real conversations about perhaps we need to look at at an existence outside of this country that allows for our full citizenship, that allows for our full and complete and unadulterated safety. Um, Not dissimilar, and that sounds radical, and I'm sure it does to many people. It's not so radical in the sense that post-emancipation, we had what we call the Great Migration, right, where you saw Black people that were coming from uh, the, the South, coming from enslavement, say this code of, of, of law sucks. So we're going to go up North, right? Or we're going to venture West to see if that way of life can afford us um, a better existence. Okay. So that's kind of magnified itself now. And so now what we see is a nation that doesn't offer any real safe place, any real safe space for full black existence. Mm -hmm. Doesn't leave us a lot of option other than, To come to our white sisters and brothers and say, "Are you are you willing in good faith to renegotiate the terms of my existence in this country? Are you are you willing? And and, and by doing so, are you willing to give up your station in it? Because that is what it requires, Maria. That is what it requires, and that is deep and that's heavy.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) It really does." Ebony, we, um, we have um, Hafsa on the line, and I want to make sure we don't um, miss the opportunity to have a quick chat with her before we lose her. So <clears throat> and we'll continue our chat on
3: afterwards
0: yes. with Titus as well. So last week, uh, restaurant owner Ruhel Islam had converted his Minneapolis restaurant Gandhi Mahal into a refuge for protesters seeking shelter from the police's mace and tear gas and rubber bullets early Thursday morning. They learned their restaurant had burned down as protesters took to the streets over the arrest. And of course the killing of George. Oh oh, yeah. Over the arrest and the killing of George Floyd. As a response, Hafsa Ruhel's daughter, who's also joining uh, wrote, don't worry about us. We will rebuild and we will recover. Now this, response moved so many people. And it really moved me. And that's why I wanted to invite them on the show today. Don't worry about us. We will rebuild and we will recover. As I'm sitting next to my dad watching the news, I hear him say on the phone, let my building burn. Justice needs to be served. Put those officers in jail. Gandhi Mahal may have felt the flames last night, but our fiery drive to help protect and stand with our community will never die. Ladies and gentlemen, Hafsa and Ruhal Islam. Thank you guys so much for joining. Oh, oh. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're joined by my friend Ebony, who is on the line as well. Thank you guys. Um, you know, you immigrated to this country from Bangladesh in 1996. You opened your restaurant with a hope to bring South Minneapolis's community together saying, we'll bring peace by pleasing your palate. I thought that was really beautiful. And, um, you know, you were there trying to help all of these protesters. Um, tell me what that was like to see your restaurant burned down. And, and where did you find the strength to, to respond in that way?
4: like uh, these officers who are so irresponsible with their actions, then you know none of this would occur. Uh, um, thinking like a justice, I was thinking like justice needs to be served. You know, we can rebuild restaurant, but uh, we cannot you know give the life back to our brothers to his family. Uh, you know, one of the things like I I'm just uh, all the time we're giving all the interviews, like people uh, not often but I'm just when what's what's pain, me like asking, oh, what are you gonna do next? How are you gonna are you gonna rebuild? But this is we which is a very important movement, very really important moment for us for get the justice, the the mission, the all the sacrifice happened, all this happened. We should not let any more of this happen. Um, we are traumatized, our feminists traumatized, we work, build this place with love, you know, bringing culture, as you know, last 12 years, uh, we, we, we uh, built a fully pet community and continuously building, continuously doing the right thing to do. Then uh, also, like whatever happened, I feel like this is not our community, you know, some this is a, obviously it's a, some kind of mechanism, probably, I don't know, you know, sometimes it's scarce. But as a Bangladeshi guy you know we I looked I witnessed part of like when I was my daughter age 18 17 18 we, we fight against autocratic government and I see how police state look like you know they killed one of our friends who was leading then he sacrificed his life uh, but what happened within a couple of days big revelation happened then change happened then I seen our uh, el- political allied, freedom fighter, fighter, uh, patriotic people came together and um, uh, they created a caretaker government that gave us hope so that somebody can trust neutral people. Then there was an the election people won, you know. But of course, there's a, hard a lot of other problems we are facing. Just giving an example how traumatized I was. I seen this, I said, we cannot let nine years to do this. We have to do it right now. You know, this, that was... This is what i was reflecting right away mm. uh, but uh, you know uh, this is all uh, part of the life we have to work hard work together to you know make world a better place it is about that time now you know take it a very good action
0: wow hafsa what was it like hearing your dad say what he said and having that stance on this were you surprised
3: um i mean just how my dad is in general, I guess I wasn't surprised with what he said, but when I did hear about um, the restaurant going down in flames, um, it was like six in the morning on Friday and a former employee had called us um, in tears and telling me that the building had, you know, faced some severe damages. And I um, came upstairs angry, cause you know, this was like everything that my dad had worked for, our, only source of income and i sat there and watched the news with him while he was taking calls from family and friends and at one point he was on the phone with one of his friends and that's when he said that line and it completely like brought calm to me because i was like you know for a second there i lost touch with what we're here to do and i remembered you know this isn't about our business this is Um, not about the building burning, this is about bringing justice to such a system that is so unjust, you know, and we're here to fight for not only George Floyd's um, death, but many of our um, brothers who have been, brothers and sisters who have been taken from us wrongfully, you know, it's about time that we see change in the system. And, you know, yes, there's a lot of chaos and whatnot going on, but It really took this much to finally have something happen. Like never in history has a cop been charged and arrested over something like this. And it's incredible to see what people coming together can do. And this is exactly what's happening. This is history in the making.
0: I have to ask, Hafsa, before this, you guys had to have been affected by the coronavirus as well, financially and economically with the restaurants. So where were you guys at before this? Um, just to give people perspective.
3: Sure. Um, while COVID was um, going on, obviously we we were scared that things would change and fluctuate with uh, the restaurant and how business was doing. But we stayed hopeful, and we'd hope that the community that we we have been here for would also be here for us during this you know during this pandemic. And you know we were just pushing and trying to make do as we went. And we did have to let go of, of a few employees, but we were able to keep a good amount of our employees and keep um, keep a lot of us working, which was our main goal to make sure that we kept supporting the families that we support. And
0: now what happens, guys? I mean, you know, you're going to be studying mechanical engineering at the University of Minnesota in the fall should school open up. I mean, who knows in this time what's going to happen, but how do you... I can't imagine insurance is going to act swiftly enough for you guys to be able to make an income. so what how, how does someone in this position move forward how How are you guys planning to move forward right now?
4: You know well, as you know, like I was growing up, you know we every year we rebuild and- cl- Bangladesh is a climate ground zero for climate change. And every year we are like a rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. And think of th- we're thinking deeply like uh, this is the climate cause is co- caused by big corporate people. Same people we are, you know, well, they're all greedy people. They don't care about people's life. This is what's causing this. And we'll rebuild again, you know, that we have a very good, you know, like a, we are very strong, you know, we have a good, good family here and important. Building may be gone, but we, our community, we build it. Gandhi Mahal community, they're, they're still there. They're all there, ready for us. You know, I was like a, overwhelmed by uh, you know what all the support we received here, and uh, when I I found my home, or well, I can say, like home. So many ways we can tell, but you know, this is our new home, and I, I'm so proud to be here as a Bangladeshi American, Bangladeshi Minnesotan. And I always tell this. that I found my home here because Bangladesh is climate ground zero for climate change, and Minnesota is climate uh, uh, ground zero for climate action, climate movement. That's why you know I'm a very deeply part of this make the difference in the world. But yes, so when my daughter was saying about how we handle that, you know, we we know. Remember, we we have experience to handle big big disaster. So we we process very nice. Because we don't have a dive-through, we started a walk-through process. Then we immediately, since we don't have a buffet lunch for lunchtime, we turn it to a curry in a hurry process. So it was very, you know, people was coming and buying, busy. Even, you know, well, uh, I think, uh, yeah. So this is worked very well. Then we uh, closed uh, during month of Ramadan. That We'll be closing one month. We'll be fasting and we... Um, Uh, So that we started only dinner, for to 10, take out and deliver. We were doing pretty good on this because of support. And people was buying gift card before, you know, all all that stuff. So we had a, like, we felt pretty good about it. Then uh, um, we also, like, every year uh, we used to do uh, Iftar block party. You know, Iftar is, we only fast break party together, Iftar. Uh, bread uh, break the bread together mm. and it, this year with, with MNIP and our organization you know uh, iftar virtual iftar blood party and we did call for prayer and stuff you know and we supply over to, close to over 100 120 meals to different family wow. and virtual like, we are uh, zooming talking to you same way we break iftar together these were the, just before all this uh, you know thing happened so these are the very strongly connected and i believe Like um, uh, me, my daughter take a lead and all the daughters take a lead and make the change. We have to keep a better future for them. We don't want to be traumatized. And my little daughter, middle, all the daughters in the world and especially our uh, brothers and sisters, you know.
0: You uh, guys are my heroes. Like I am so impressed and so grateful for people like you to be the light in these, you know, difficult times. Um, And I want to let everybody know that there is a GoFundMe that we're going to add into the summary of this show that will help you guys in the meantime with your restaurant and hopefully with your education, Hafsa. So if you want to support Hafsa and Ruhal, you can um, find their GoFundMe page on, um, within the summary of this show, you can click the link and with summer upon us, friends, hair is going to be even more important. Yes, we've got humidity, we've got sun, we've got all kinds of things. And sometimes it's hard to find the right shampoo for your hair. Everyone's hair is so different, and there's no one-size-fits-all solution. That's why I love Whey. They have different shampoos depending on your hair type. Want volume? Find hair and conditioner will give you that extra oomph you need. If you need some moisture and a little extra bounce, find your happy medium with medium shampoo and conditioner. And for my peeps with thick hair like me, give your hair the hydration it deserves with thick hair shampoo and conditioner. Plus, you guys already know, Way carries some of my favorite hair care products I use all the time, whether it's the leave-in conditioner, which is my go-to, or the hair oil. They give my hair this hydrating refresh all summer long. Wash your way to healthier hair. (laughs) See what I did there? With shampoos and conditioners made just for you. Go to The Whey, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Use the code Heelsquad for 15% off your entire purchase. That's the way.com. T H E O U A I com. Use the code squad Your hair deserves it. Donate whatever you can. Um, you guys are definitely paving the way and leading the way for all of us to see what's important in life. And it's uh it's not about reacting, it's responding and 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 thinking about humanity. And so I am so grateful for um, what you guys have shown us. And what is that you're showing me in the background?
4: Well, my little daughter, she's, I bought, this is the only piece I found survived. And which one is survived? Look, how to build community.
0: Aww. How to
4: build community, this is survive And this, this is the, when you say, what are you going to come? This is the village you want to build on the 27th Avenue. Maybe you will see goat and chicken running around, you know, completely fully fed community. I don't know, but city should do it. Because they did not protect us. They did not, you know, but it's not about it's about time to build a different kind of community. You know, yep. I wanna bring my flavor village. My village name is Bahar Modan, which is called Flavor Village. The flavor village to hear and pleasing your palate. <laughs>
0: I love it. It's a beautiful message and you guys are beautiful people. So um, I encourage everyone to to make a donation and to and to help them because Um, you guys are incredible. Thank you so much for joining us. And, um, look, my show is called better together and you completely embody that message. So thank you so much.
4: Thank you for having us here. Of course. I
0: hope to come visit the restaurant someday.
4: Yes. Yes. We'll be visiting. Maybe you have to go uh, get your uh, chicken eggs. We'll make your omelet for you.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. (laughs) Have a great day. Oh, man, they're amazing. Uh, Ebony K. Williams. Unfortunately, I wasn't aware that she was leaving at 1120, so I would have uh, given her the proper goodbye. I know she said she had a busy schedule. I thought she was going to be able to stay a little bit into Titus. Jeff Graham. Yes, yes. Are you still there? I am still here, and Titus is ready to go. All right, well, let's get Titus in. Of course, he is A WWE star, and I'm sure you all know him from that. He's on the Raw roster. Um, He's held many titles, the WWE Tag Team Champion, 24-7 Champion, but he's really a passionate philanthropist. He's helping students and athletes across the Tampa Bay area. He is also a nominee for the Muhammad Ali Humanitarian Award, and he's just one of the nicest people I've ever come across. Titus... O'Neal, hello, how are you?
2: Hey, how are you? Sorry, I'm having a little bit of technical difficulty.
0: <laughs> is the camera running wild? What's happening?
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's going crazy. That's kind of like the world is.
0: I oh. mean, oop, oop, oop. We lost Titus. Uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: so I waited all day to have this interview, and now I want to do this. It's been perfectly fine. Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you. I can see you.
2: All right. Am I crooked?
0: You're perfect. All
2: right. Sorry. A little cricket Do
0: not worry. Do not worry. He's all right. Is it okay, Stephen?
2: Much better now. Better? Okay. Yeah. Perfect. All right.
0: My friend, you're in Tampa. I am. How goes it in Tampa?
2: Uh, it was going okay, and then Saturday we had a. Uh, Obviously, some some stuff go awry over in the East Tampa area. Uh, a, just crazy turn of events because I just sat down with the police chief uh, Brian Dugan and our sheriff Chad Cronister uh, with along with Dave Batista in a very open and candid conversation about law enforcement in the community uh, and police brutality. And I asked them some very poignant questions that I think a lot of people in the community. Um, not just here in Tampa, but all over the country wanted to know, you know, in regards to training and uh, implicit bias training and things like that, things that uh, I think a lot of times we don't want to bring up until situations go like the way that they went with George uh, Floyd. Um, But it's not just about uh, the police brutality. It's about the justice system and how to try to keep and prevent black and brown people from being in a position where they you know, when seemingly, uh, you know, it's almost like once we're thrown into that system, there is no no second chances. You know, it's kind of like once you're in that system, it's a revolving door. And uh, yeah, granted, there are some people out there that do very uh, criminalistic, ha- have very criminalistic behavior. But there are people right now that are serving multiple year sentences for sm- uh, selling marijuana or possessing of marijuana and now we can buy marijuana legally in several states. Um, uh, I think people that, you know, don't understand what's going on right now really haven't learned American history like they think they have. Um, This country uh, for years has not been very, um, very kind to black and brown people. If you take it back prior to Martin Luther King, prior to, you know, uh, this incident now, you know, we didn't ask to be put on slave ships and brought over in masses and then dumped over because the weight of the boat was too heavy and having our families separated from us. We never asked for lynchings, public lynchings to be uh, for looking at a white woman wrong or whistling at a white woman or fighting or, or hiring a lawyer, um, you know, to to get back land that that was taken from us. That we purchased, you know, or hiring a lawyer to fight a case for us to keep our small businesses open. We never asked to be humiliated in public. We never asked to have to use a separate restroom. We never asked to have to go to a different restaurant, even though, you know, we win a gold medal for the United States of America only to come home to the same racism, uh, racism that we left to. Um, many black and brown people. Men and women have lost their lives, their careers, uh, et cetera, for speaking out about it. Um, But I've never seen any uh, person that's a a white person speak out about something and lose their livelihood because of it. There is no apparent, you know, proper way to protest when we raise the fist. Uh, we were being disruptive. When we sat on curbs, we were being disruptive. When we sat at lunch counters, we were being disruptive. Uh, When we wanted to sit in the front of the bus instead of the back of of the bus, we were being disruptive. When we took a knee, that was politicized, and we were being disruptive. I don't agree with everything, every aspect of what Colin Kaepernick did when he took a knee, simply because uh, when he had on the socks with the pigs on them, that loses the message in regards to what you're trying to do. If you're trying to bring awareness to police brutality, uh, then do that. When you're calling somebody's name in the process, or you're uh, being uh, uh, demeaning or disrespectful in the process, and you're trying to put out a positive message or bring positive awareness to something, then you're gonna lose a lot of people. But even with the kneeling, had he not wore the socks, you know, they made it about the military, they made it about the flag. Uh, It was never about either one of those things. It was about what we all witnessed as a country and as a world. Last week, uh, another black man being murdered by police officers. And had it not been videoed, who knows? Because, again, uh, just a few months ago in February, uh, you know, a young man was was jogging in uh, South Georgia and hunted down and murdered in broad daylight and there were no charges brought against these two individuals and and nobody heard of this case until May. That is the type of injustice. That is the type of racism. That is the type of bigotry that has gone on within the justice system and within law enforcement for years. And all law enforcement officers are not bad. Just like if one professional athlete goes out and does something stupid, that does not make all athletes. You know uh that same put them in, you don't classify people in the same group if a teacher goes out and does something inappropriate it should not take away from all the great work that teachers do year in and year out if one announcer or uh, or TV reporter you go out and you make them a mistake that shouldn't uh, you know categorize every single person in your field uh, but here we are again in 2020 uh, having the same conversation that we had in 2019 2018 mm-hmm. 2017. And, uh, I don't, you know, as I said the other day, uh, this is, you know, people want to, I don't agree with a lot of stuff that Donald Trump has done, but I will not put the responsibility of what's going on in this country and the racism that's going on in this country on Donald Trump. This, this, this happened when Barack Obama was president. This happened when George Bush was president. This happened prior to all those guys, every single American president that has served this country. This has been an issue. And so I do not condone the looting and the violence that goes along with it, but I am 100% on the same page with everyone that is angry, upset, disappointed, disgusted with these type of behaviors because you cannot tell me this is the greatest country in the world and we have shit like this going on. And it's been going on for
0: bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet
2: chili. For years. You cannot tell me this is the greatest country in the world when we have the highest a number of incarcerated uh, men and women in in, in our prison system in the world. You cannot tell me this is the greatest country in the world when people have gone out and fought for this country and laid their lives on the line for this country, yet they come home and you can walk down any street across America and you will find their homeless debt. You cannot tell me that this is the greatest country in the world when our public education system is seemingly eroding every single day. And teachers who should be valued as the highest asset and the greatest asset that our society can provide because of the the responsibility they have to shape young men and women's lives to help this world be a better place are the lowest paid people in the world. Uh, I, I could go on and on as to why this is not the greatest country in the world. This country is the greatest country with the greatest amount of opportunity. People do not come to this country because, uh, you know, that we're so great. They come to this country because they want to start a business that they wouldn't be able to start in their country. They want to be able to get an education that they would not be able to get had they been in another place. They want to be able to uh, raise their family in a a home uh, that they would not be able to do in another country. And so in order for this country to continue this bravado, of being the greatest country in the world, they need to start accepting the fact that there are some issues and they're deep-rooted and they all do stem on race. Uh, and and if it's not race, it's bigotry or misogyny. And, uh, you know, if it was the greatest country in the world, why are we in 2020 still dealing with these race issues? But not only that, why in 2020 are we still talking about women's equality rights? Why are we trying to get women to be paid on the same level as their white male counterparts or their male counterparts? If we're the greatest country in the world that truly believes that everybody is equal and should be treated equal and everybody is born with the same gray anatomy, then, damn it, at some point, it needs to reflect that. You can't keep telling me I'm valuable, I'm valuable, I'm valuable, and everybody, it's because you have politicized every single protest. Black Lives Matter, I'm a black man at 43 years old. I still don't use the Black Lives Matter, matter. Uh, moniker because why at 43 years old of living in this or living on this earth uh, with two sons that are phenomenal honorable, stu- honorable students and honorable people all the lives I've helped change all the millions of dollars that I've helped raise all the the, the generational poverty I've helped you know change why at 43 years old do I have to tell people that I matter Why do people that look like me have to say that I matter? And then that gets politicized and changed to blue lives matter and all lives matter. Mm -hmm. Again, you take a protest and you make it about something else that has nothing to do with the issue. The issue is that black and brown men and women have, and children have been demonized. Uh, They have been uh, categorized as thugs, you know, a, a, a group of white individuals storm the Capitol with AR-15s. Nobody dies uh, because they wanted to get a fucking haircut, and or because they wanted to go to the beaches. We seemingly do the same thing, and tear gas is dispersed. Uh, uh, rubber bullets are dispersed, and I'm not saying that every single protester out there is, uh, you know, out there for the right reasons because they're not. And uh, for all of you, all of them, all of you that are out there, uh, regardless of what color you are, you need to really take a look at, I really hope karma comes back and bites you in the ass too, because those businesses that you're destroying in these neighborhoods, some people took 25, 35, 40 years to get into the position where they can actually give back to those respective communities that you're burning down and that you're tearing up. And every single argument that you make about they don't care about us, they don't care about us. How can anybody care about you when you don't even show that you care about yourself because you're willing to tear down your own neighborhood, time in and time out because you're mad? Well, if you're that fucking mad, get out and go vote, number one. Get out and be more more productive in regards to teaching your kids and our kids how to, how to, how to be better human beings, teach them the right way, teach them from the mistakes that you've made. Um, and, and, white people need to do the same thing. Don't every time you see somebody get arrested and be manhandled, well, he should have, you maybe. me what did he do? Or what did she do? Or they should have complied. Well, when the shit happens to you, uh, then, the, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all a whole different story. And yeah. so, um, you know, uh, people's, you know, say that I'm, I'm brave for sitting down and having these conversations. No, I've been having these conversations for years for those that want to hear them. The problem is, is that nobody wants to sit down and have them. They, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But you know what is uncomfortable? What else is uncomfortable? These football games y'all go to when it's a fucking thousand degrees outside or it's raining and slow. But if you pay $150 or $200 to go see Tom Brady play football or, or your New York Giants or your New York you know, Jets or whoever, play football, I guarantee you, you'll sit out in that weather. You'll sit in that cramped seat. You'll, you'll get beer spilled on you. You'll do all kinds of other stuff because you're invested. You know, if we're all walking down the sidewalk and uh, there's some dog poop on the ground and everybody's just kind of walking past the poop, past the poop, past the poop, and then you're that person that ends up texting on your phone and all of a sudden you make a mistake and you step in it. Now you go and you get grass, you can wipe it in the grass, you can put it, you know, you can run it with water. No matter what, you go into your next meetings. something smells. And you know it's you. And nobody else knows it's you but you. You're invested. You're invested in that shit that everybody else walked around. So this that's... That's what we need. We need more people invested in the issues. We need more people invested in treating people the right way. We need more people invested in treating, you know, in, in moving the needle uh, and moving America truly to what we quote unquote right in our Constitution. You know, and um, it is it's, it's 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 frustrating. Like I said, I sat in my in my car the other day and I just had, came to tears. You know, I, the night before I didn't sleep at all. I'm sitting. I'm, I'm. My son's. My oldest son is getting ready to be, turn 16 years old. I'm excited as hell about giving him a car. I never grew up with a father. You know, my mom was raped at 11, had me at 12, born in a pro. You know, born and raised in poverty, etc. Now one of the proudest moments as a dad that I get to try to have. Now I'm also online on every other website trying to find dashboard cams. So mm-hmm. another lesson that I have to teach my kids. On top of if you get pulled over by the police, make sure you put your hands on the steering wheel. No sudden movements. Yes, sir. Talk softly. No, you know, it, 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 Roll your windows down. Turn your engine. All, like, all this stuff. No white person that I know has ever had to have the talk. Nope. Yeah. Have the talk over and over and over again. I have to explain stuff that I cannot, at this point in 2020, I don't have any answers to. I don't know why this type of stuff happens. Yeah, you know. but I do know at the end of the day that every single person that invests in coming to a conclusion of how to change it, first and foremost, finding out. Go and ask your 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 law enforcement agencies what type of implicit bias training they have, and you don't have to be racist to uh, to, to, to 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 categorize someone. You know, it's stereotypical. Everything's. Uh, I mean, we do it in entertainment all the time you know, singing, dancing, etc. blah, blah, blah. Uh, you make fun of certain, you know, races. It's always done. It's always, and my thing is Maria, we have, people say we have come so far, honestly, really, aside from being able to go to the same schools, eat in the same restaurants, uh, live in the same neighborhoods, you know, buy the same type of car, uh, Go to the same parks. How far have we truly come as a country when we're dealing with the same stuff that we've been dealing with for years now?
0: I will say I um I posted yesterday my Black Lives Matters moniker, and I was received with so much hatred, um so much anger. And just like you said, it's all lives matter. Someone even wrote Greek lives matter. I was I was just like, I couldn't even believe it. And this one woman, I looked at her, she was like, I'm unfollowing you. And whatever, I looked at her and she said she was a Christ follower. And I said, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, then you must have empathy in your heart for people who can't even get in a car and not be afraid that they could get pulled over and shot and killed for doing nothing,
2: Right. And that's what... Or be in the house. Or what? Or be in the house. And the door get kicked yeah.
0: in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, so and they
2: open the wrong house.
0: This is awful. And we feel it. And we have felt it. And there have been rallies. And we've tried to a degree. But it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's... We, we get numb. The school shootings, right? We get numb. They keep happening. The kids at Sandy Hook, we thought that was going to be changed. It never happened. The same thing here. We keep seeing these things happen. And I want to I say a couple of things. One, you do have the sweetest children I've ever met in my life. Um, I freaking love them. They are the cutest. They give me the biggest, warmest love hugs ever. Um, you've raised two of the greatest people. Um, and it, it breaks my heart to hear that you feel like you have to install a dashboard cam, but if I was you, I would too. Um, and the other thing that I, I overwhelmingly felt as I watched the news the last couple of days, and I feel like I'm back to the early days of coronavirus where I just felt lost and helpless and just so incredibly sad and scared and, you know, um yeah just at a loss and i feel like that all over again with this i kept thinking who is going to lead in this moment right there's no dr martin luther king there's no no one really leading so that people can channel their anger and their frustration and 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 be led properly um and then after i was thinking that i started seeing it on the news and so I want to know who you think that is. And I also just want to say one other thing is I know you were saying you were bringing up all of the points that we need to, we need to address and we need to fix. But I, I do think that we still live in the greatest country. I love our country. We have a lot to fix. We have a lot to do. Um, but I, I don't know. Do you have another country that you would call the greatest?
2: No, I I don't. I, I love America too. And, um, but to say that we're the greatest country, you know, we're, we're the country with the greatest amount of opportunity. If we're we if we truly want to be able to say that over and over again, like we have to bring up the bar of education. We got to bring up the bar. I agree. Of how you treat one another. Yep. We got you know, the only time that we truly come together as a country is in times of tragedy, hurricane, yep. hit, you know, uh, shooting happens in such and such everybody floods your, your timeline. These corporations that were giving money and finding money to give to people during the COVID crisis, you know, I've, I've fed families, I've fed frontline workers. I've, I do that stuff year round though. So this is nothing new to me. But it's, it's, so these resources that all of a sudden can come out of the sky, you know, because schools can't be open. Now, all of a sudden we can find money to buy uh, electronic devices to send home with every kid. Like where was that money at prior to? Where was where is somebody fighting to get that funding prior to? And that's one of the reasons why I'm not I, I'm not very big on politics. I will go vote, and i but I'll never tell anybody who to go vote for. Yeah. Simply, because that's not my that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to vote and to do exactly what I'm doing. The work. That's yeah. all I want to do, and I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, Independent. It does not matter. If you believe in people should be tra- treated fairly, if you fill out your senses, if you feel like schools deserve resources, fill out your senses and go and be actively involved in your kids' school. You don't have to be the smartest uh, person in the room. You just need to be the most, one of the more active ones in the room. And that's that's where, where we need to move towards now. It's like people saying, you know, how can I help? How can I help? First, you can start by speaking up, because I know you, know you know a lot of people that have this backward thinking. Yep. It's not even, and it's not even a case of someone being racist. They don't understand, yep. but they don't want to have this uncomfortable conversation to come to an understanding.
0: Exactly. Well, that's what Kareem said. He was like, "You have to get comfortable being uncomfortable."
2: Yes. And yes. and I thought and,
0: that that was really smart. So people
2: do that every single, every single when sports were in. People do that every single night that a game is going on. They get uncomfortable. I mean, they get comfortable to get uncomfortable. They go and they put some of them got a whole routine. They put their their, their, uh, their jersey on and they got their whole, their favorite, uh, they, I'm sorry. Can you see me?
0: Yep. They
2: put jersey on, they got their eye paint and, and their hats and everything else. They getting comfortable because they're going to root on their, their favorite team or their favorite player. And then they get to the arena, whether it's inside or outside, they might be sitting in the in 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 the very top, cramped in with somebody else because it's a sold out game, or they might be sitting in ninety eight degree weather um, and it's raining or it's it's snowing or whatever. That's very uncomfortable, but they make themselves available and mm-hmm. they make themselves com- comfortable. Why? Because they're invested. Mm-hmm. They pay for that ticket. They got that outfit on. They drove to the stadium or Uber to the stadium. They sat in the line. They waited in the line to get in the game or whatever it may be. They got their kids. They got their families. They got their boys. They need to do the same thing, the same energy you have to get ready to go to your favorite sporting event or concert. You need to start having the same energy, getting ready to have these conversations and say, you know what? Yes, enough is enough. And take the onus on yourself. Like, that, people say, well, I'm just, you know, I don't have the platform you have. So what? You don't need a platform I have. I've been, my life has been touched by a seven-year-old kid, six-year-old kid fighting cancer. You know, my life has been changed by a 98-year-old woman that beat breast cancer four or five times. You're never too young and you're never too old. And and, and at the end of the day, coronavirus didn't care what color you were. It was there. And you dealt with it. So I don't care what color you are. I don't think any black and brown person cares what color you are. We just want to try to get some answers and try to get some some forward movement for once. And hopefully, you know, see, here's my biggest fear, Maria, and I think it should be the biggest fear of every American, that the justice system, once again, comes up short. Because we're going through all this stuff right now, this protesting, this looting, this this and that, then everything will die down you mm-hmm. know when you say where are the leaders at the leaders get everybody calm hey we start talking having meaningful conversations everything's forgotten about yep six months later yep got to go to trial so now you're going through trial and all of a sudden everything's starting to pick back up people are starting to wait and wait and wait and man oh man if that verdict reflects the same verdicts that have happened time and time again yep if they think some shit got tore up now boy 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 wait until that happens
0: so what do you think titus about the fact that they haven't arrested the other three to me i kept telling my husband i'm like kevin why have they not arrested the other three that is such a show of i I mean just the optics of that would make so So much sense
2: and you, and that's why I have an issue too. If me and you and your husband decided to go and rob a bank, oh right? You, 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 me and you went and robbed the bank. I was standing outside looking out, making sure that nobody was coming in. Your husband was in the car. You went in the bank. You're on camera robbing the bank. Plain as day. You come out. The police have come. I, 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 Me, you, and your husband jump in the car. You robbed the bank, though. You're the one that went inside. Guess who going to jail? Everybody. All three of us. Yep. Going to jail because we witnessed that we were an accessory to bank robbery. Yep. Those three men or three officers that sat there, they were an accessory to murder. Yep. And so they should be having charges brought up on them, just like they would be brought up on me and you.
0: Don't you think that that would would calm a little bit? Like, I I don't understand. I
2: I, I don't think it will calm. I I think it would a little bit. But the fact that, you know what? A, a, A black man was jogging a few months ago in February. He got gunned down in the neighborhood. Without public outcry, those two men would still be walking free. Yep. So my thing is, me and you went and robbed the bank. Me, you, and your husband went and robbed the bank. As soon as they catch us, all three of us are going to jail. Yep. Right? Now, let's add into robbing the bank. On the way out, you shot somebody and killed them. Yep. Now, that's a whole nother You going... You, you... We all going to jail... My punishment may, and your husband's punishment may not be as severe as yours because you took it another level and killed somebody. But we're still going to jail on that first charge. Yeah. Yep. So, am I wrong for thinking that the police that take an oath should be held at the same standard or higher than those that don't? Mm-hmm. Your, your job is to protect serve and serve. And
0: protect. Yep.
2: And it's the minute you stop doing that is the minute you're going against the oath, which is the minute you start breaking the law, regardless of where you what you don't do or don't do. Yeah. If somebody calls 911 and your police car comes up to a house that has a domestic violence issue going on, and you as a police officer see this person getting beaten, and rather than hurry up and go and stop and de-escalate the situation, you decide, I need to take another turn around or I need to just kind of wait till this thing dies down. Meanwhile, this person is beaten to death. You were just an accessory to murder. Mm-hmm. And if it's not on video camera, you, ain't, you, you can say whatever you want to say because you're an officer of the law. And you're always right in the minds of many.
0: Yeah.
2: Especially when it comes to the justice system.
0: So Titus, here's where we're at. It, it's been a week since George Floyd was murdered. Huh? We've seen peaceful protests turn into just looting and, you know, at, at the some, worst.
2: Some some might I add were bust in from other places. Oh, and, and...
0: I mean, we were watching the local news and we had a really astute reporter, I think it was on KABC, who was actually realizing and recognizing the same faces moving place to place and looting. It was like a group. And so there's no doubt in my mind that there's a difference, okay? But how how do we, like, how do we move forward in protecting the message and 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 doing the work that needs to be done while these people are taking advantage. It almost feels like, and I don't know what the solution is, but it almost feels like if everyone stopped so that the people who are doing the bad could be caught and stopped and then regroup, it would be the only way to stop this, but I don't know.
2: I, I almost said the same thing. Like, to me, you know, you brought up a perfect point. The other three officers have not been charged yet. So, clearly... It's not important to the Department of Justice to swiftly move on them like they moved on the other one. Yeah. So to me, it's like, okay, they clearly don't care right now. Let's just go back, plot, strategize, mobilize, and figure out a different way to deal with this moving forward. But in the meantime, don't put ourselves in harm's way. Don't put our police, law enforcement officers, in harm's way because nothing good is going to come out of us gathering right
0: now. Yeah,
2: and you know it's almost like COVID nineteen never existed yeah. without, with the amount of people that are out there right now.
0: Yeah, you know that's a whole other issue. Like we have, yeah, we're, our 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 medical professionals, our frontline medical professionals, are going to be in such harm's way after just having to deal with all of this, and then. Economically, all of these businesses, these small businesses that barely were hanging on by your thread are now decimated and they're continuing. So, just before the so show, they, I was thinking, I'm like, maybe that's the only part, way.
2: Yeah, here's the other part of that situation. And this is how I look at it here in Tampa, because I do a lot of work in this area. And one you know, I re the re, uh, process of rebuilding a school, redid a school similar to what LeBron James did um, in the East Tampa area. That, that area is prime real estate. And it's, you know, I've seen what's happened in Seminole Heights. I've seen what's happened in West Tampa, even out in Riverview, or like all different parts throughout the Tampa Bay area. East Tampa is an area in which millions have been poured into to help these families become more self-sufficient. So if anybody knows anything about American history, they pour a whole bunch of money into a neighborhood to prove that it can't be saved, salvaged. Then they tear that neighborhood down or slowly but surely. It's called gentrification. White people call it redevelopment. I call it gentrification because that's exactly what it is. So all these buildings that they tore down, these small businesses that were barely hanging on, guess what? You did them a favor because now the insurance money is going to bail them out and they don't have to come back if they don't want to. But then the, that, that, that mom and pop Italian shop or that mom and pop you know, uh, st- clothing store or that pharmacy that you just burnt down is going to be replaced with a CBD, med- uh CBD clinic or, uh, a, uh, or high rise or some apartments because over in the East Tampa area for here, that's prime real estate is right next to USF for years. They've been trying to clean that place up. Yeah. So now you just helping them. You blew up the gas station, You're you're tearing up the university mall, which that mall was getting ready to get shut down anyway. So you're just helping the process. And so where are these people that are living in these neighborhoods now on government assistance, barely making it by? What's going to happen? They're going to take you and they're going to put you just like they did five years ago, 10 years ago, not just here, all across the country. Put you in another place, make this deal look like a deal of a lifetime. And next thing you realize, you're driving 45 minutes to work when you used to be able to drive 10 minutes to work. So now you're spending more money on gas. You already were barely making ends meet. So the money you were making, now all of a sudden is going to another source for another need uh, in the midst of all this, uh, you know, looting and violence. Guess what else gets shut down? Public transportation. So coming out of a pandemic with COVID-19, where a lot of people lost their jobs or they were furloughed, now we're starting to open things up so people can go back to work, but those, some of those people didn't have adequate transportation, and guess what? They can't go to work, they, to a job that they just got back to going. So people don't think like that, because we live in a very selfish society, on both on all sides. But when people start think, the only time sometimes people start thinking and rationalizing and being, you know, uh, cognizant of what's going on is when it affects their money. Yeah. So if those people that were out there looting, they don't, most of them they don't care about going to jail because they're gonna get a place to stay. They're gonna, you know what I mean? Like,
0: and they're out the next it, day anyway, just to go back yeah, to doing it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but let somebody say, hey. If I catch you out there, you go, yes, is going to be homeless because I'm going to take everything from you.
0: There were, you know, there were a lot of black leaders I've been seeing who are like, I was out there trying to stop them. How mm. how does this message get out? Like, is that is that the answer, Titus? Is it everyone rallying together and saying we we have to suspend for a minute because of the people that are taking advantage?
2: Well, you gotta put stuff in, in, in place, you know, things like curfews. Um, which we did. We just did that last night. Um, our mayor Jane Castor uh, implemented a, a curfew for the city of Tampa. Uh, luckily, our county officials did not do it for the entire county, um, but we did do it in the city of Tampa because there, I think that that's where the most imminent threat was for most of our buildings and things like that. Um, but you, just, you just, it's you got to treat it almost like you treated COVID. You know, after 5 p.m., you can't be out. Yeah. Um, essential workers only, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's sad, but it's true. And at this point right now, like what, what has actually been protested that has been successful?
0: In this, in this movement right now?
2: In this movement. I'll tell any- you
0: the only prior- thing I saw that I saw that George Floyd would have died in vain.
2: Mm-hmm. That
0: cop was not getting arrested if mm-hmm. protests didn't start. My opinion.
2: Right. Well, I, I agree. But how does that change the system? Because George Floyd was just one of many.
0: Yeah, well, I will say I also heard Governor Cuomo talking uh, yeah, Governor Cuomo talking about how they wanna how they are changing the system in New York where the attorney general will be handling the cases rather than the system that's set up is set up where people who are friends are working together. And that's why it doesn't work. And forgive me for not knowing all of the actual wordings here, but um, but it does seem like, you know, you've seen police officers protesting with protesters. You've seen them kneeing, you've seen them hugging people. You've seen the show of love from all sides, which is a beginning. And then the few leaders we have <laughs> are actually trying to pave the way for change. Unfortunately.
2: The difficult part in that always, and, and, and I applaud all those guys, women and men that are, you know, uh, doing that. Um, some of that is because of their own political agenda or personal agenda that they have um the other part is you know i i know the dangers i know the the uh the i know at the end of the day like me being out there will only help a few yeah because there is going to be ignorance everywhere it's just like racism i don't think all white people i know for a fact all white people are not racist I know black people that are racist, so it's not about race to me. That oh, who can be racist and who can't? It's truly about like okay, th- you have told us that we 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 we're all equal, yet the justice system has shown us completely different. So you're attacking law enforcement, but law enforcement is not the biggest issue. It's the justice system because if the justice system came and said, you know what? All law enforcement agencies, if this ever happens again, automatic death sentence. That's a Supreme Court. That's justice. That's people at the highest level. If they were to say that, I guarantee you all these black all these police killings would dwindle. But at the same token, now you're in a, a iffy situation of police being able to do their job and not be able to do their job.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm talking about negligence. The negligent ones. They the ones that definitely need to get at least, at minimum, the life sentence in prison. Yeah, because you have affected somebody else's life and their family's life for years to come. Something went wrong, and George the family. family the microphone George... for five seconds,
0: <laughs> right. I was like, "Wow, what's happening?"
2: <laughs> George George Floyd's family will never know. You know what could have been with him in the world but they do know what isn't and that's what the company i mean what the country needs to understand is that George Floyd is one of many uh Emmett Till years ago uh a white woman uh Amy whatever her name is up in uh New York uh used the police to weaponize um and she knew it when she was caught, when she was in Central Park guys out there bird watching And she said, I'll call the police right now. And then she calls the police and she has an influx in her voice and, and acts as if, and the dogs, she's strangling the dog, but it looks like it sounds, if if I'm on the other line with dispatch and I hear somebody say a black man is is threatening me and my dog and this and that, I'm hearing you ordered a hit on this guy's life. That's no different than Matilda, which later on came out that she admitted that that was a lie. Family was broken, generational, you know, issue. And then you wonder why people are upset or hurt. Because there was a time when in American history, you clearly show black and brown people, you guys ain't worth a shit. You ain't worth a shit so much. I'm going to sell you for $2 in public. I'm going to herd you together. Oh, you just had that baby? No problem. We'll take that baby from you. 25 cents. Now go out there and work in the field. And then she's crying, trying to hold on to her baby. And then you whoop her with a whip or you sick a dog on her. Those images are fresh in a lot of black and brown people's minds. Because those images don't change. The years do. Yeah. Go back and look at Rodney King beat it and then look at what happened in the the 90s, the 2000s, and now here it is in 2020 and you tell me what the difference is.
0: Yeah. I it's uh it's very upsetting. Um you know, I was telling Ebony who who was on earlier, I spent the weekend just so down and so so hurt. And I just don't know, where do we go from here, Titus? What do we do?
2: I tell you where we go from here. You take that hurt that you feel, and you call as many of your friends as possible, and you say, we need to start using our voices and our platforms to get people mobilized, to get people understanding that we're going to have these difficult conversations. I'm going to use my medium. You're going to use your medium. We're going to call these folks in, these leaders, etc. cetera. And have a conversation, and then once we have this conversation, we're going to got to actually go out and put it to action, because that's the problem. We have these protests, and then everything dies down, and then it's forgotten about. Then we have another protest. So if if people want to ask me, you know, what can I do, I would tell you honestly, you need to go and talk to the people in the in the, in the gay lesbian and gay community, because it's not one time that I saw them do a protest. And this shit happened. Yet they fought for the right to get married, have a family. They stuck stuck to their they're, they're, they stuck to their goal. And and I and as much as people tried to badger them and beat them and cuss them and whatever, they stayed on the issue, the issue and the mission. Yeah. So if our mission and our issue is to be is to help people get treated fairly, to change a justice system that hasn't been very just for a lot of people, then that's the issue we need to stick to. Doesn't matter what color you are, doesn't matter what background you come from, it truly matters about, okay, you know, because Selma, Alabama. Have you ever seen the movie Selma? Of course. All right, so that movie is based on the second time that they try to go across that bridge. Mm-hmm. Because the first time they tried to go across that bridge, it was murder, it was an assassination like you would never see in your entire life. So Martin Luther King was smart enough to get other leaders together and call their friends in San Francisco, Boston, New York, etc, where racism wasn't understood and wasn't prevalent. And they called all their media partners. So the next time that they came down to walk across the bridge for Selma, and then on national TV, they saw how people in the South would beat and hurt and treat people of their race the same as they were treating other people of the opposite race for years. Somebody said, no, that, that can't help it. That can't help it. That's wrong. And now all of a sudden, you got an entire world, country, that eyes are on Alabama, then their eyes are on Mississippi, then their eyes are on Georgia, and their eyes are on you know, all Tennessee and all these other places, right? But only because they saw someone that looked like them get beaten and dragged and assaulted with mace and water hoses and everything else, that something was done. So I pray that we don't have to have that type of, uh, you know, outrage in order for people to, 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 To care enough to say, you know, right, enough is enough. And if you're saying it in your living room, okay, that's fine. You're saying it to your kids, but let's say it out loud. I want these corporations out here, these companies, to, you know, not just put out statements, but start putting practices. You can't clean up the world outside of you if you ain't willing to clean up your own house. If you're a company or a business, that uh, lacks diversity and lacks uh, leadership, uh, lacks diversity in the leadership position, you might want to take a look at yourself. And if you're a company uh, that has, you know, X amount of employees and you're the CEO, you might want to find out the the, you and the managers and everybody else, I want to know, like me, I, I redid this school. I know every janitor's name. I know every teacher's name. I know just about every family's name. I don't know all the students name because they circle in and out. but the people that are responsible for helping me get you know these school grades up and to change the culture of the school, I know every single one of them. I treat them well. If one eats, they all eat. If I get new shoes for one teacher, they all get new shoes, etc. The list goes on and on. Companies need to take that motto because I hear people always always talk about team. You know, this is our team. This is our family. Well, some of y'all treat y'all family members like shit. And they just so happen to look like me. Or they just so happen to look like you. Because females look down upon, too, and they, you know, uh, they got the jokes about them, too, and this and that. And that's all females. But I say this time and time again. The only person that has truly not had to suffer the way that everybody else has had to suffer in this country is the white man. And people don't want to hear that. The white people don't want to hear that. But that's the truth. Not one time has a white man been isolated and told, you can't eat here. Or your race isn't welcome here. Nope. Not one time. Not one time has have I ever seen a white man or a group of white people and their children being lashed with a whip or sprayed with a fire hose or attacked by dogs. Never in the history you can't, but you can find movie after movie documentary after documentary of those that are in the black and Brown community that illustrate that. And if that's a movie showing you that, you know, it was worse.
0: Mm-hmm. Great point. Great point, Titus. I can't thank you enough for coming and joining me today, and talking and um, and sharing so much, and helping us to get better. I, I have my tagline on the show: "Is when you know better, you get better." And uh, and I think we don't. Well, know- I
2: don't want this to be all doom and gloom because it's already doom and gloom enough in the world. But I do want to say this. I want to say in my 43 years of living uh, and in, especially over my last 11 years with WWE, I've traveled around the world twice, two or three times. And I've met some phenomenal people from all different backgrounds. Um, when I go in hospitals to visit kids, they don't say, Oh, there's that black guy. Hmm. When I go into you know, when I'm, meeting with some some kids and doing a, Be a star rally they don't say oh there's that black guy oh that's titus O'Neil. you know um when you go and do interviews oh there there goes uh that there goes M- maria when you come backstage with us there goes maria you're a part of the family we treat everybody you know the same uh unless you've been on a sports team you really don't know what it means to be on a team. And I get the chance to share the locker room with so many different people from so many different walks of life. And from the Oscars to the Drew McIntyre's to the Sasha Banks, and Natalia's, people from Canada, you know, South Africa, uh, all over the world. You know, Oscar is so entertaining to me. Always mm-hmm. has been, always will be. But one of the sweetest human beings you ever meet in your life, um, Drew McIntyre. You know, I'm so proud of him. Uh, you know, f- for, from where he came from, in all aspects, I couldn't understand a damn thing. Drew used to be able to say, he used to say when he talked. Now, <laughs> he's clearly, you know, been working with with people and able to articulate things, and you can understand what he's saying. But more importantly, the type of man he is. A guy like Jinder Mahal, you know, who was also in 3MB at one point. You know, to be able to be a hero for his country. Kofi Kingston to be a hero for people back in Ghana. I get a chance to work with some of the coolest people in the world, and race has never been a topic that none of us have really kind of touched on. But I think this situation is, you know, when I'm getting text messages from all different types of superstars on the roster thanking me for being living out loud, not just now, but period. It, may, it, it gives me the energy to say, uh, or, or the, the, the extra shot in the arm to say, you know what, no matter how pissed off I am, um, no matter how upset I am, there's somebody out there watching and they're inspired by it. And um, I would tell everybody, every one of your listeners the same thing. No matter how upset you are, no matter how um, hurt you are about the situation, like there's somebody that's watching to see how you respond. You know, I had that meeting this weekend with Dave Batista and our sheriff and our police chief because, one, all three of those men are friends of mine. But, two, I have two sons, a 13- and a 15-year-old son that are sitting here waiting to see what dad's going to do. Dad's a superhero. He does all this other amazing stuff. What is dad going to do now? And I'm sure that some of your kids are sitting in that same position where they want to know, what is mom going to do? What is dad going to do? And do the same thing you did when COVID-19 came about. You made adjustments and you fought at full force and you brought people together and you cooked meals and you made baskets and you did all this stuff for the frontline workers, you did all this stuff for your neighbor, etc. You guys learned how to cook. You guys learned how to do different stuff, DIY projects. So let's try to learn how to treat people better. Let's try to learn how to understand people better. Let's try to bring people together instead of dividing them with political agendas or media uh propaganda, let's bring people together because we're all human beings. Everybody that knows me knows I can give a shit if you're a Democrat or a Republican. I care if you're black, white, purple, green—it don't matter to me. You show respect to your common fellow man, and we'll always be cool. Those that are bullies, those that are full of crap, those that are constantly trying to bring others down—anybody that knows me knows I don't, I don't, I don't have patience for that at all. And I, it, if I got to lose something for it, then so be it. But I know I'll get whatever I lost back because I was doing the right thing for the right reasons. Everybody that's out there doing the right thing for the right reasons, if it's protesting and you're doing it for the right reason, get out there and and be safe, you know, and, and bring people together and then go the fuck home. You know, once you see things going a certain direction, just get out of there because you realize at that moment, the reason why you're out there is not the same reason why somebody else is out there. So get in out of harm's way, you know, don't be a part of that, that what's going on because again, you don't, you, we need to stay on message, stay on the issues, stay on whatever it is and don't let nobody take that focus, you know, of, of you wanting to make a a positive and better change and taint it. Don't let anybody take that, 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 that energy and that, that, uh, that, 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 that drive that you have to make other people better and you become a better person in, in the process, don't let nobody take that from you. Don't let nobody rob you and your family of uh, building a legacy of saying, you know what? In 2020, you know, this happened and I was able to galvanize and get X amount of people together. I used my platform. I brought on this person. I brought on that person. I tweeted, I posted, I I yelled out loud. I had spaghetti dinners in the neighborhood and invited other people over so we can have these conversations. I reached out to my local law enforcement agency to try to get some hamburgers and hot dogs and just go to the park and say, everybody come out, let's show people how to have a good time. That's what we need to be doing as a country because it doesn't matter what color you are. At the end of the day, if your life was on the line and it came down to a black doctor saving your life, I guarantee you wouldn't be turning that away. Um, I, did life, then, or, <laughs> uh, I, I did have a black doctor
0: save my life, actually. I did have a black doctor save my life, actually.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, our kids can be the greatest inspirations and the greatest um, examples of how to be resilient. Because us adults, we think we got everything figured out. But go and watch a kid that knows he'll never be able to play basketball uh, because he's fighting a disease. You'll never be able to tell that kid he can't play basketball until his life is gone. Because he's going to hold on to that and he's going to find a way. Give me a wheelchair. I'll play. Give me some crutches. I'll play. Yep. Kids are resilient. Our country needs to become more resilient. We've been asking African-American and brown, black and brown people to be resilient and uh, forgetful and all these things for years now it's time for america to turn around and show some empathy now it's time for america to turn around and say you know what that was jacked up yep. and it was so jacked up to the point and you know what it'll never happen again not on my watch yep. if everybody takes that responsibility and accountability for making sure that it doesn't happen then we'll start making progress and again it starts with what's the issue the issue is not the police It's not law enforcement. It's getting, it's keeping bad cops out because 10 cops don't make a thousand cops, bad people.
0: Exactly. You know, um, you said something really important that I want to end on and, and, uh, it's about not being divided. I was speaking to my friend yesterday and, uh, he's like, they're trying to divide us and we need to stay united. And Mm -hmm. that was, um, that was a big thing for me. And it made so much sense. And I think that that is something to carry in throughout the day is we do need to stay united because we all have the same goal. You know, know, it's about humanity. What?
2: Stay on mission. The minute that you take that message or that mission and you say, oh, they're a Democrat. Um, I don't know if I can fight this battle with them. Oh, they're Republican. I don't think I can fight this battle with them. The minute you start diverting and looking at differences and thinking that you can't move forward with those people, that's when the message gets split. Yep. That's when the progress stops.
0: And everyone goes the other way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You say you want united. Guess what? Hey, it's some big motherfuckers down there. We're gonna have to punch them in the mouth. All right, let's go. <laughs> you know, it's just like getting in the WWE ring. Rey Mysterio versus the Big Show. You know, hey. We got battle to do. We got a show to put on. No matter how small Ray is, no matter how big Big Show is, at the end of the day, we want those people to go home happy. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. Every single night, put smiles on people's faces. So that's I feel like the whole world at this point right now should take that moniker and take that motto and put it to life outside of the WWE. Put smiles on people's faces. Be better together
0: we are better together Titus I love you I thank you and uh I can't wait to see you and give you a big hug next time
2: I love you too and thank um,
0: you what
2: thank you for having me on sorry if I cussed a little bit too much no,
0: no not at all are you kidding me I love cussing it's something my dad <laughs> gets very upset with me about but um yeah. but uh, I don't even remember one cuss word but um i'm I'm so grateful and
2: I- Know how i am about what's going on right now and how i've been for years about this type of stuff and other things but you know uh, to see the looting and the violence that that just completely uh takes everybody off mission and off yeah. task you know because instead of talking about a man that lost his life uh, at, at the hands of law enforcement we're talking about people stealing tvs and you know shit i saw a video (laughs) it's funny but it's sad uh somebody stole a police horse it was running down the road
0: you're kidding (laughs) i didn't see that
2: yeah it's i'll text you the video (laughs) oh my god it's 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 so hard to not laugh because it's just that ignorant but it is what it is man
0: wow Wow, wow, wow. Please text me that video. I do need to Obviously, see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, you can see Titus on WWE Raw, which next time you come on, hopefully we'll be under better circumstances and we can yeah. talk about a lot of fun things that um, I want to get to at some point with you. You have a great book. There's No Such Thing as a Bad Kid. It can be found on Amazon yeah. and he is a finalist for the 2020 Muhammad Ali Humanitarian of the Year Award, which I'm pulling for you, of course, as always. Yeah, he's um, my
2: background you know, this is through my, this is in one area of my house, but Muhammad Ali is one of my favorite, not just athletes, but people of all all time. And when you talk about those that protest things, you know, when we talk about silent protests and things like that, you know, Muhammad Ali said, I just want a gold medal and you guys want me to go fight a war that I, 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 none these people ain't did nothing to me and I can't come home. I just want a gold medal for the United States of America and I can't eat and my favorite, one, one of my, one of my One of the hottest places to eat in Louisville, Kentucky. No, I'm not going to fight no war against those people. You know, and he lost three years of his career uh, because he said, no, I will not do it. Now he's one of the most celebrated people of all time. Yep. Uh, People always want to quote Martin Luther King quotes and uh, not realizing that, you know, Martin Luther King had a grimy side, too, because enough became enough for him, too. And it was, I feel like it's one of the reasons why he got assassinated is because he kept, hey, Martin, you got to calm him down. You got to calm him down. All right, I'm going to calm him down, but y'all need to do this, 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 and this. And once those things, were, it wasn't a, a, a equal balance, then all of a sudden, you know what? Hey, it's not my responsibility anymore. It's your responsibility to fix this shit. And when that happened, now all of a sudden there is an issue. Mm. And therefore... Every great leader that we've ever had in the black and brown community has been either assassinated uh, or they, they are, or their careers have been assassinated and they've been ostracized. Uh, and that's women too. you know So anytime a minority steps up and says, "All right, enough is enough, it becomes a threat. But what is the threat? because I want to be treated equally, because I want people that look like me to be treated equally and get an opportunity, and I want our schools and our neighborhoods to be built up at the same rate that everybody else's neighborhoods and schools are being built up. Somebody has a problem. It ain't black America.
0: Well, hopefully we we get to see the change that we want to see. Titus, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Love you.
2: Thank you. All righty big kiss Bye-bye.
0: all right you can find titus on uh instagram social media everywhere at titus o'neill wwe and that does it for us today that was the officially longest episode we've ever done i think right guys you know what if there's ever a day to do a long episode i think today's the day this is the day um have no plans for tomorrow don't know what we're going to do yet but um, we actually uh, well, we're going to talk about it. We... we haven't talked about it yet. So yeah, yeah. We're going to talk, talk about it, it yes. and we're going to figure it out. But um, but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. In the meantime, be safe. Um, if you're out there protesting, protest in peace. And uh, we will see you guys back here tomorrow. Thank you again for for listening and for being with us. Be nice people, make good choices and be present. Well, that's it for today, Heel Squad. Before I let you go, I want to make sure you don't forget to take care of yourself today. I'll be making sure I'm not forgetting to get outside, do my meditations, and, of course, keep myself fueled with some sweet, chilly, wonderful pistachios. Wonderful pistachios, as you know, are my go-to when hunger strikes because they're one of the highest protein nuts providing all nine essential amino acids, and they're great for on-the-go snacking. So when you're ready to elevate your snacking game, visit wonderfulpistachios.com to grab a bag.